there. Good evening, all you 20th century uh, sons and daughters of the realistic, hard-hitting, clear-thinking 20th century man. <laughs> all you, uh, all of us, uh, holdovers, leftovers from the great days of the Age of Reason. Now, uh, there was a time... Did you ever hear the Age of Reason? Any of you out there? That's not referring to a chronological age of a fathead. The Age of Reason. Or do you figure that you're living right in the middle of it? If you're 17, that's the Age of Reason. And uh, what is the Age of Passion if uh, 17 is the Age of Reason? Uh... The, the age of reason was a very good age, apparently, with all those big timers working around there like that. Uh, some of those guys, oh yes, Voltaire, all kinds of big people working there, working the uh, both sides of the street. Now, if uh, if that was the age of reason, what would our time be called? Oh no, it's not nonsense, not at all. Not the age of nonsense. No, that was a that was an earlier time. It was another time when nonsense. They hit the peak in nonsense about the year oh, I'd say nine fifty. They dealt in some kinds of nonsense then that you couldn't possibly conceive of at this time. I'm gonna tell you, they made us look like greasy kid stuff, kids. Uh, what, what 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 would this age be? Because I was immediately struck by that uh, this afternoon. I'm way over on the east side, you know, where kids have dough and and uh, where many kids. Uh, Allowances are bigger than most guys' peak salaries at the best day of their life. Oh, true, yeah, all oh, these kids over there. they uh, That's over the place where kids get uh, already their rompers come already torn and patched, look very raunchy, you know. They come that way from Bergdorf Goodman. They, uh, <laughs> they have poor kids that wear them out so that when the rich kids put them on, it looks like the rich kids are salty. You know the expression salty? I know a guy that was so rich that when he bought an Alfa Romeo bought a 3.9 Alpha. He had another guy drive it for four and a half years and park it by the seashore so that when he drove it, it looked, you know you know what I mean, like worn t- sneakers and tennis shoes and that kind of stuff. Yeah, when he got it, it already had bad valves and everything. And, and oh, it was a great thing. You know, he just, rah, 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 the car would go like that. Oil would fly out. And he looked like he was so crummy rich that, you know, he didn't care. It had dents all over it. He parked his Alfa Romeo there back of trucks and stuff. It's all part of it. Well, I'm over there on the east side, and there's this sidewalk. You know, they have a little park there by the river, that old Devil River over there. Uh, that little park there. Oh, yeah, they have a lot of little parks over there for rich kids. Little tiny parks and little things there. And on the sidewalk there was the first time I had seen it. Of course, I'm sure that all you parent types would know about this. But on the east side over there, they the city has provided, get this, in yellow paint, of course, the same kind of yellow paint that they write, no parking, you know, that kind of yellow paint. They have done in the infinite wisdom and the kind of wonderful, nutty, block-headed sentimentality of some bureaucrat, they have a stencil version of hopscotch for rich kids. Yeah, they stencil it on there for the kids now. And, and there's a big sign that says, no writing on the street with chalk. <laughs> no ball playing, no kids, nothing loud. And they have a stencil version of hopscotch. Well, of course, it was a very square version of hopscotch. I, I, uh, they did not have the thing at the top where they say sky blue. You know, did you ever see that kind of hopscotch? You never did, huh? Yeah, oh, at the top. You know where that little arch is at the top? The little arc on the top where you go chunk, 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 chunk. Up there, it's a sky blue, and then you go chunk, 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 back. Well, of course, this is the New York version, which is purely numerical. For kids who later are going to the research department of the loose publications. They don't have anything like sky blue 
written in their thing. Well, I wonder whether or not the city has any plans for prefab graffiti for kids who can't think of obscenities to write. And uh, they just write them on the walls there for the kids, you know. They, they come along with a couple of, couple of bureaucrats come along at 2 o'clock in the morning, civil servants, you know, and they've got all these stencils, and they, they paint it over with black paint, you know, it says, ah, you, a couple of exclamation points. <laughs> hey, you know, after all, we're living, we're living in a state that provides almost everything. We might, as well, we might as well go the whole hog. I never forget, uh, wasn't a hog, yes. Since I mentioned this, I, I suppose you don't know what a hog is out there, are you? Most of you think in terms of Danish baked ham. Sure. Well, it's a hog. A snuffing, rotten, smelly hog. Well, uh, I, I, um, I don't know whether I shall tell my famous fish cleaning story here tonight or not. It's Monday night, and we got a lot of people who probably grew up with, uh, with stenciled hopscotch games and <laughs> TV dinners and things like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the true us keeps popping out. Uh, for example, there's a recent ad in uh, in uh, House and Garden, a recent uh, little classic, which I think you might enjoy. All right. Yes, friends. Presenting the Snooper. The world's only private listening device. Aim it at a group of friends a block away and hear every word. Yes, it's an outgrowth of the fabulous missile tracking antennas. Fully transistorized, weighs only four pounds, and comes in seven fascinating decorator shades. This is literally an electronic marvel that's a direct result of the space age that we live in. Incredible as it may seem, it does amplify sounds one million times. Sensitive 18-inch disc reflector. <laughs> we'll pick up normal conversations at a distance of 500 feet, where you can't even see the lips moving. Just think of the ways you can use this. It's portable, complete with tripod and stethoscopic earphones. And here's the best part. A regular tape recorder can be plugged into the back to take everything down for future reference.
have fun. Satisfaction guaranteed. Money back. Within ten days if you're not absolutely titillated. <laughs> yes, money back guaranteed, Dad. I'm going to have to confess a terrible thing that my mother wailed the daylights out of me for one time. And uh, I, I know that I have never told this story on the air for obvious reasons. I would like to protect the fatheads that might still be alive who might begin to itch because of what I did. Well, you see, I'm this kid. Now... Uh, when I am this kid at this time, once when I'm a kid, it was a different time in many ways, as it always is. Time passes, 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 uh, time goes. And, yeah, you know, it flops along, and <laughs> things are different. <laughs> well, I'm this kid, and I got hung up on electronics. And... Uh, being a kid that was hung up on electronics, I'm reading all... Well, it wasn't called electronics. It was... You got hung up on making radios. That's what really you got hung up on. And I am about 12 or 13, see, and I am building first crystal sets using a bottle cap type thing for the, uh, you know, the thing that you put the galena in and the whole business. And then uh, I'm building one-tube radios and two-tube radios and three-tube radios. And one day... There was a plan appeared in one of the magazines for an amplifier, just a plain amplifier, and and it said, it said in in the you know the the, the whole copy about why you should build the amplifier. It says all the wonderful things. It says you will think of a thousand uses for this amplifier once you have it. it says yeah, you can do all kinds of things with an amplifier that you probably don't even know about now. So and it's simple to build, and the parts are easily obtainable, and it's cheap and it's fun. Well. You know, you can build so many radios. You can listen to WGN just so many times. And, you, and so I began to build this amplifier. Now, they were right about everything they said, that, that the parts were easily obtainable. You could get, you know, a couple of audio transformers, three-to-one Thor Darson transformers, small battery sets, one thing or another, a couple of 56 tubes. It, <clears throat> I'll tell you what it had. It had a 57, in case you're interested in technical things, had a 57, a 56, and a 2A5 which was a pentode, a beam pentode. Oh, yes, very powerful little amplifier. High-gain amplifier. Well, I built this amplifier. And the first thing I did with it was to put a couple of my little radios running through there, you know. And boy, they played louder than the Scott that my old man had in the next room. I, playing a, I got all kinds of feedback, which the first thing I discovered was feedback. The delights of feedback are endless. Uh, I, I, I think that a good shot of feedback is the best lease breaker I know. Uh, it really is. Uh, if people can hear feedback for blocks around. You just call you. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's terrible. Oh, it's fun. Speaking of terrible feedback, so this is WOR AM and FM New Yorky, and we'll be here. Well, now you haven't heard what happened with this amplifier. So and remember, I'm a kid, and being a kid, I say one thing that set kids off from the rest of us is that kids often are given to doing the stuff that everybody else hasn't got the guts to do. Uh, they don't know the repercussions, and on the other hand, I think one of the things that keep us from doing most of the things that we would really like to do 
is that we're afraid somebody will do them to us. Really, I think it's kind of a mutual agreement. I don't hit you with the axe. You don't hit me with the poker. Okay. And we sort of stand there. Well, you can see it in our international relations. This is the whole bid. That's what diplomacy is called. Sure it is. Uh, Russia agrees not to blow Maine off the map, and we agree not to bomb the Urals. You know, so we'll stand off. We'll just stand there. That's the way it is. You want to keep Maine? All right. And we say, okay, you keep the Urals? All right, shut up your mouth. And so we both stand. This is the creature that we like to believe. What is it that they say on the coins, the U.S. coins? Oh, yeah? They say more than a nickel. It says more than five cents. <laughs> There's a couple of slogans on there that I question deeply. But nevertheless, uh, here we are, you know, and I'm, I'm a kid. I got this amplifier, so I'm trying different things. And I run the thing first. I, I run a couple of tuners through there, and it, boy, is it loud. You know, everything is real loud. I'm enjoying that. Then I had a, a record player. I had a, a terrible crystal cartridge, old, awful, rotten record player. And I, I skipped the little two-tube amplifier in that, and I brought the leads out, and I played it through this. It was a, my first experience with trying to use hi-fi. I had gotten from some old radio someplace a, the heaviest, the heaviest speaker I ever heard of in my life. It was, it was a Rolla. Did you ever hear of a Rolla speaker? That speaker must have weighed 5,000 pounds. It had a field coil on it that weighed in itself. Uh, I'd say this, this field coil weighed a ton and a half, roughly. Gigantic thing. And it had this cardboard cone. And let me tell you, when I hit it, when that thing would hit a bass note, that cone would just go... Oh, it just keep jiggling like that. And so I had a good sense of power. I had it on a baffle that I made out of plywood. And so I'm playing around. Now, you got the scene. Well... Among other things that I had among my, in my junk box, I had about three or four F1 microphones. Now, these are single-button carbon mics, which you can steal out of the telephone company's phones. You know, if you unscrew the thing, this comes out. That's called an F1 mic. <laughs> and boy, if that isn't a sensitive little son of a gun, I'll tell you. It's a little single-button carbon mic, and it has an infinite number of uses, if you know how to do it. Okay, so I had about three or four of those that I had, that I had filched along the way, and uh, I, I went the whole hog. I, I, took, I took about 25 feet of lamp cord, which I soldered to this thing, both turnables, and then I had this, uh, this uh, double connection plug, regular old phone plug, which I plugged into the input. Yes, uh, plugged into the apartment. Oh, boy, did I get the hum. Oh, man, I'll tell you. But not only did I get the hum, I had the loudest voice of anybody within 17-mile radius of our house. I'd turn up the gain, I'd say, shut up! And, oh, boy, all I'd have to do is whistle. And it would yell all over the neighborhood. Just fantastic. I had an awful hum on it and feedback and everything else. But I had discovered the wonderful sense of having your voice amplified having your voice amplified so that nobody could escape it. They could hide in the basement. They could go into the coal bin. They could hide under the car. Didn't make any difference. You turn up the gain, and let me tell you, you rattle windows all the way down Cleveland Street, you know, all the way up and down. Well, I played with that for about nine minutes before my mother hit me on the back of the head with a bottle. Uh, that, she took about nine minutes of that. What are you doing in there? You know, I'm, I'm yelling in there. I'm saying, hello, one, two, three, four. It's going, and of course, you hear windows going up and people looking out. It's, it's a soft summer day. 
<laughs> well, I began to experiment with this thing. Have you ever, uh, parenthetically, to add to something uh, that, that uh, might uh, never have happened to you, have you ever had the experience of talking into a PA system in a giant arena where your voice comes back and there are 10 million people sitting around? Oh, boy, listen. You can understand how Hitler got to be Hitler and why he got to be Hitler. There is no feeling like it in the world. Isn't that true? You'd be surprised. A guy gets to be 30 feet tall when he begins to hear that voice. And I, re I remember the first time I ever had it happen to me. <laughs> it was in a big sports stadium. <laughs> and, uh, and because I was the only kid in the neighborhood, you know, that played with amplifiers and all that kind of stuff, somebody came down and said, why don't you work on the PA system down there tonight? <laughs> and it was a big exhibition football game where they had, you know, they had college students. It was like college all-stars and that sort of thing. And I went down, I talked to the guy, and the guy said, sure, give me ten bucks to, to, to announce the football game. Announce the guys. We'll just give you who's going in, what the numbers of the guys that are being taken out, and that's all. Well, I had never talked into a PA system other than the one in my bedroom where, you know, I was on the day bed, and I'd be yelling out the window, and my mother would be yelling. Bruner would be screaming. So it wasn't quite the same. So they had this little booth, and I'm, I'm sitting up there. I must have been about 15, 16 at the time I did this. And, and, and the, the first thing that I said into this microphone, I will remember forever, the first thing that I said was, uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, the Kiwanis Association of Chicago welcomes you to the fifth annual All-Star Game with the All-Star High School Leagues. And I could hear it coming back, and I heard this crowd, which up to that point, you know how people are all talking, and it's silenced. Oh, boy. And I could hear, attention, please. Attention, please. Ah, oh, boy. Dangerous thing. A dangerous thing. Well, I'm in the bedroom this day, and I'm fooling around with my amplifier. And I took off my loudspeaker, and I put through a transformer, a step-down transformer, a pair of old Brandy's phones. And I'm just experimenting, remember, truly experimenting. I turn up the gain with my little F1 mic just laying there on the floor. And I'll be darned. I could hear birds. Yeah, it was weird. I could hear birds. I could hear cars going all over the place, which cars I didn't even hear ordinarily. I didn't hear anything. It was a silent day. And I turn that gain up, and I could birds. And I I hear people talking. I hear the sound of wind rustling trees. I hear a little hum in there, but I could hear sounds like I had never heard in my life before. Really heard sounds. Began to hear the world. Well, I played with that for about five minutes, and then the big idea hit me. I go into the junk box, and I get out my other three F1 mics which I proceed to put all the, all, the, all the shielded cord, any kind of a double connector cord that I could find, I began to string it all together. I had all the wire in my place, and you know, I had collected like eight miles of wire. I had all the wire connected to these things. And then I began to take, I took one microphone out the front door, 
and ran it down over the front porch, down along the side of the hedge. We had a hedge running down, you know, on the grass, and I'm laying this wire, see? And way down by the, by the edge of our driveway, over by where the other houses started, where Bruner's house and all these other houses started, I laid that little old microphone right there in that little old privet hedge, see, and I just stuck it down there. And then I go out around the back, see, and I lay one all the way back at the garage, you know, and I'm laying it way down the alley, see, and I got it stuck over there by the garbage cans. Now, there were a lot of ladies in that all hanging around, you know, all kinds of life. This is yeasty life, you see, all over the place. And so I run the next one out the side of the house, through the basement window. I run it between the two houses and out around behind behind M.D.'s house next door and back of their garage and in between their house and the house on the other side. And, of course, I'm just looking like a kid playing around. You know, I'm just fooling around. You know, all the other kids are playing. You know, I'm out there doing something else. I'm working with it. Well, I come back in the house. I am saying nothing because there is a funny thing about man. He has a secret knowledge of his immorality. He knows when he is doing a rotten thing. I'm convinced of it. I am convinced that he knows when he's being rotten, even when nobody has told him that what he's doing is rotten. He knows it, he knows it, he knows it. I don't know. I'd say if we were to wipe the whole slate clean and we were to take 18,000 newborn kids, within five years there would be laws very similar to the ones we've got already. You know, they'd start passing the same ones, even if they never heard about it, because the rottenness is rottenness, and you know it. It just goes all the way back to the first cavemen. They must have known it. Well, I'm in my bedroom now, and, and I, I put the old Brandy's phones on my hands, and I crank up the game. And let me tell you, the world started to come into my front bedroom like it had never come in before. At first, I could only hear a sort of jumble. Because the gain on these things, believe me, those little F1 mics have a gain like it doesn't stop. Boy, they will. Really, a wild gain. And that 57 tube was a pretty high-gain tube there. And this little amplifier had a real amplification factor. And now, you see, since I've taken the mics all the way out, I have cut down the feedback, I have cut down all the hum, I've cut down all the hash and all the gibberish, and now I am getting the real thing. Well, I turned the gain up, and let me tell you, I would say within the first 20 minutes, I probably heard more about what life is about than my previous 14 years up to that point. I'll tell you, and I'm sitting in there, and boy, I'll, it, uh, believe me, it's like, it's like living with a 10,000-volume library of Spicy Detective, <laughs> you know, with, with nothing cut out, uh, all, uh, and all the art pictures that are available only to art students in the back pages of all the magazines you ever heard of, and I'm sitting there with the game turned up, and I am listening. Well, I'm just listening in there. And you don't hear anything when you have a pair of Brandy's phones on. You don't hear anything in the house other than what's coming through the phones. Let me tell you, people can scream at you. An atom bomb can go off in the next, in the next block. You don't hear it. Well, I'm sitting in there, and my mother is coming in. And I can hear her walk. You know, that you, that's the trouble with a listening device of this kind. It is totally unselective. Thumps and bumps, people walking. I could hear Mrs. Bruner. I mean, you could hear the Johns going for miles around. Oh, it's wild. It's just insane. You have no idea how busy the sewage system is. 
in, in the average in the average city, it was just insane. I'll tell you, <laughs> that's the truth. That's one of the first things that hits you. There's a constant sound of stuff. You know, there's a constant sound of all kinds of machinery going and, and water rushing and everything else going on. You know, and at first you're a little embarrassed, and then after that you begin to start to listen, and then you begin to contemplate, and then you begin to think who it is. You know, and after that it gets really ripe. Well, I'm I'm sitting in there in the front bedroom, next to the day bed, and I've got the amplifier down on the floor, you see, because I had problems with moving this stuff around. I had very bad connections, and, and uh, I couldn't touch anything. It was all sitting there. Once in a while, I get a little transient hum and so on. But, boy, everything is working. I could hear people walk near my microphone. Boom, 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 boom. You hear the thump, and you hear guys' garters squeaking, and you hear their shoes creak, and their underwear popping, and go, 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 go. And I'm hearing all this talk, the kind of talk that kids don't ordinarily hear. In fact, people don't ordinarily hear at all. Because uh, when human beings are discoursing, they discourse one way when they're talking to each other and another way when somebody else is listening. It's just a natural thing. Well, it's all coming in. It's like a giant mosaic of life, a yeast cake of, of life out there. It's just, it's just rich and ripe and going. And I'm hearing these thumps, remember. Boom, 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 boom. Mrs. Bruner gets up. Boy, you could hear the stays of her garter belt popping. You know, she's a big fat lady and, and yelling at Bruner. And I could hear, I could hear gurglings and I could hear all, oh, you know, oh, just. And, and the trouble with only hearing sounds is that your imagination runs riot. Absolutely rank, rotten riot. Well, by that time, I'm sitting in there, and I am, I'm a little human cake of yeast by this point. You know, I am just, oh, boy, just, uh, oh, man, talk about high octane. I'm sitting there, and my pimples are popping, you know, and my ears are humming. My eyeballs are sweating, and I'm sitting down there listening, and I can hear stuff out in the back, and I can hear stuff in the front, and I can hear dogs yelling and birds going. Well, I hear the thump, and the thump is very loud. It stops, and suddenly... I feel my phones. My mother had a habit when she wanted to turn me off. See, I was really hooked on listening to stuff. I, I really had a monkey on my back, believe me. I'd be a, a good eight and a half inches taller, you know, if I hadn't had a pair of 17-pound of, of Brandy's phones. Uh, I had these all through my formative p days, you know, s sitting on the top of my head. I mean, you know, the Chinese did this. A lot of people did that. When they wanted to stunt people, they put a big weight on their head. Well, I had this big weight on my head. Seriously, I grew sideways. It's a funny thing. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You notice the big cabbage ears I got sticking out? Well, it's for the phones. I got earphone ears. They just suck right in there like two big suction cups on the side of my head. They just grab the phones. That's true. All my life I had phones on my head. I wish I could get away from the rotten phones. Well, <laughs> I'm sitting there. And she had a trick of reaching, uh, reaching down and grabbing the, the headband, you see, and twisting. I'll tell you, if you get a headband twisted on you, and there's a funny thing. It's called earphone paralysis. Uh, it is. Uh, yes, your ears get to feel like, like, you know what? I'll tell you, I've never had bunions. But a, a real earphone wearer gets bunions on his ear. Your ears really get so they ache, don't they? I mean, you feel it. Oh, they, they hurt. Your ears actually hurt with these great big fat cans. And they get very sensitive. They get fantastically sensitive. And if somebody reaches down and grabs the headphones on the top and twists them, both your ears, it's like somebody tromping down with spike shoes on your corns, you know? And she just say, all right, get up. Get up. And I'm twisting the corn. Oh, she's twisting the cans. Get up. She says, now, what are you doing? What are you listening to? 
Well, because of the way I was, mothers apparently know when the kid is up to something vaguely illegal or obscene. And she was getting the idea. She had been standing there for about ten minutes looking in the front bedroom with me getting my jollies w listening to the cans. She said, what are you listening to? What? Give, me, give me those earphones. What are you listening to? And she takes the earphones. I said, look, Ma, I'm just, I'm just experimenting. I'm just playing around here. I'm just not for nothing. It's just a home here, Ma. I'm just trying. Give me those earphones. And she takes the earphones, and she listens to one earphone. So what is this? Are you playing? What is this? Are you playing a record? What is this? And she can hear Mrs. Bruner giving Mr. Bruner hell. And it's coming through S9. It's banging the pin. It's 20 dBs over zero level. You know, it's booming in. And then she hears Mrs. MD say something she didn't even know Mrs. MD knew. And, and then she hears all the Johns going. She says, what are you listening to? I said, well, she said, what, what is this? What is this thing? She didn't know, you know, from radio, electronics. I was just, I was always messing with the radio stuff, is what the way she put it. I mean, messing with the radio stuff. Well, this is the first time she had ever encountered anything as dynamic as that. You know, when I would call her in and say, listen, Ma, Madrid. You know, she'd just hear these Spanish guys yelling and ecstatic, and she couldn't care less. And if I said, Ma, listen to the code, she'd say, oh, come on, turn it off, Leah, shut it up. I can't listen anymore. I come, I'm getting out of my mind. This got to her. And she's listening. She said, what is this? I said, well, my, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm playing with my amplifier. I got my amplifier out there, and, and, and it's just got a microphone on my amplifier. She said, where's the microphone? Where is the microphone? I said, well, you know, it's just over there at the, um, by the wire. See, and I had all kinds of wire. It would be very hard to, you know. I said, it's just over there in the wire. It's in the next room. I said, where's the amplifier? Where is this? Where is this thing? Little did I realize that I was an early bugging expert. I was bugging the world. You know, I had bugs out. I didn't think of it in those terms. So she says, where does this go? I said, well, it's, it's just out because I knew I had done something rotten. I don't know why. I just knew it. Well, my mother is listening. And by that time, somebody in the, in the, in the, somewhere in the neighborhood is crying. There's always some lady in some house crying, and she could hear it. There's a crying going on. It's like, this is terrible. I, you're listening to all the people all over town, all over. All, what? How, how do you do this? I said, well, I, I'm just experimenting. She said, did you get this out of this magazine? And she's got my copy of Shortwave Craft. <laughs> did you get this out of this magazine? It's like she caught me with Spicy Western, you know. And she said, did you get this out of this magazine? And she's looking at the thing, and of course there's circuit diagrams and all that stuff. What is this? And her cans are on, and all the while Mrs. Bruner is swearing, and Mr. Bruner is down in the john now, and oh, it's awful. And, and, and everything is coming in, you know, the dogs are scratching and doing what dogs do on the microphone. Oh, just, you'd be surprised how obscene the world is just by being what it is, you know? Especially if you're peeping on it. You know, if you're, if you're peering in on it, if you're part of it, it's one thing, but if you've got a periscope looking at it, it's another thing. Oh, it's awful. So, so she's, she says, what is this? You, you go out, you take, you, you, you get those microphones. Go on, get those microphones. Go on, get them. I don't know where they are, but get them. And I said, all right, Ma, I'm just playing around. I'm, I didn't mean no harm. She said, go get them now. And she's very, very nervous for some reason or other. My mother got very nervous, but I should say I know why it is. It's because we all have a secret fear of being heard ourselves. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. And I was doing it. No, she wasn't worried about me landing in jail because what I was doing was not illegal. I had just put microphones in the privet hedge out back of the garage. 
I didn't hang any microphones in anybody's dining room or anything, you know. Although, if I had been able to do it, I would have done it, obviously. But those little F1s were doing the job. Well, she, I'll tell you, she raised Kane with me, and, and, and she went out with me, and here I am walking around the privet hedge, you know, pulling the wires in, and I'm pretending like I'm working on an aerial. You know, Bernie said, what are you doing? I'm working on an aerial. I'm walking around pulling the hedges, you know, and I'm pulling the bugs out of the, out of the privet hedge, and I'm back by Bruner's, back by MD's garage, and I got all my microphones and jazz. And my mother said, if I ever catch you doing that again, I will never allow another piece of radio junk in this house. Now, that stuff collects enough dust. You get enough shocks from it. If I ever see you do that again, believe me, you are done. I'm going to tan you until you will never know it. You'll never know it again. Well, it's pretty hard to tell a kid to stop the kicks. You know, the biggest kicks that he ever had in his life. So, that night, I'm sitting in my front bedroom. The end of the story is not here yet. Believe me, you have not heard the end. I am sitting in my front bedroom listening to my little shortwave radio, but listen, that is nothing after what I had heard that afternoon. It is just, you know, you can't go back to Coke once you have tasted fine scotch. You just don't. It's very, very difficult to do it. You can pretend you're getting a kick out of it, but oh, no. Well, I'm sitting there, and I begin, my, 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 my infantile electronic brain begins to work out a technique. And by 10 o'clock that night, I had concealed in about five strategic places in the neighborhood F1 microphones hidden down on the bottom between curbs and grass. And I had, I had dug a little trench, and I'm supposed to be out playing next door with Bruner, see, and I'm out laying a trench, putting my wires in. And, and believe me, and I, I brought the wires in the basement window and up through the basement floor where I had brought my ground wire up my mother only knew that I had drilled a hole in the floor and brought a ground wire up, see. So I'm bringing the wires up through, under my rug, up over my rack, which I had a rack and panel, you know. I had seen the ham pictures. I got this thing running back, back of the Victrola, and into my amplifier, which is now hidden in the bottom of my rack and panel. And I've got my cans on, pretending to be listening to my shortwave radio. I am now a full-fledged electronic sneak. Well, I turned this thing on that night. It's about 10 o'clock. I turned up the gain. At, oh, boy, if you think it's great in the daytime, you should hear it at night. Because to begin with, traffic is a lot less. You don't get a lot of traffic running around. And there's a lot of extraneous noises that are cut out, like little kids just yelling, you know, that kind of stuff. They are dead, and you only get the meat. And as it gets later, it gets meatier. The stuff you hear doesn't come through as fast, but it comes through loud and clear, and when it comes through, it's real. It's, I mean, you, you, think that you, you think there's some great stuff in the Decameron? <laughs> you should try Hammond, Indiana at about 11.30 at night when you're, when you're supposed to be, you know, on the boy. And, you know, there were a lot of stuff going on that never heard. So I am sitting there, and for about one week, every night, I would go in about 8 o'clock, you know, after our game of shinny, uh, you know, I'm for, and, and I can hardly wait for the game of shinny to be over because I have discovered a new kick, believe me. After the game of shinny is over I, and, and the fireflies are coming out and that, that bucolic nighttime that, that, uh, that James Aji writes about, that quiet moment of magic between night and day when all stands still and the dresses, the dresses hang like flags out there and that quiet, soft Midwestern night 
and the and the, and you can see those you can see those snowball bushes beginning to glow. It's funny, snowball bushes look like they've got li- like they've got lights in them for a while. Just for a few moments there, they stand out, and you can hear porch swings creaking, and there's this kind of warm, earthy, human comedy beauty. You know, William Saroyansville. You know, it's all the way down there, and 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 in. Kitchens, you can hear mothers preparing the, the the oatmeal for the next morning, and you can hear people slamming garage doors, and you can hear guys spraying lawns, and all that soft things going on. And here is this rotten little crummy sneak going into his creton covered bedroom. Yes, creton covered daybed with little pansies and roses climbing up the wall sitting down to listen to his shortwave radio. Little, rotten, crummy, sneaky, seamed, sinning, crummy little, ooh, that little human wart. Well, I am sitting in there sweating with anxiety. I turn the gain up and all that stuff, and I test my equipment every night, you know, because I have I, I don't dare go near my microphones, you know. I don't dare go near them. I can't fool around. And every night I turn them to see whether they're all there. I crank up the gain. Oh, boy, I hear they're coming in, you know. And then, I, see, I had gotten very selective. That's It's like a radar operator, you know, or a man who listens to a great deal of code. You can know what you're listening to. It sounds like hash to other people, but after a while, the really expert bugger knows exactly what he's listening to, and you're listening to an expert bugger right now. I learned, boy. So I'm turning up the gain, and I'm hearing all this stuff. And it's coming in. And I'm sitting there. And I'm listening to everybody in the neighborhood. Well, it's about 8.30 now, you know, and you begin to hear home sounds. People washing dishes, and you hear things clanking, and water going, and kids talking, and swings creaking and now it's nine o'clock you hear fewer swings creaking and you hear fewer kids talking and you hear mothers calling out once in a while out of the backyard you know come on come on in that kind of stuff you hear just a few little things that have a very slight edge to them like a guy will walk down the street with a chick and you pick up a few interesting things and he goes past you know and you know what i would do i'm sitting in the room you see and and i had created a, a myth the myth was this uh, with my mother that I could hear my shortwave radio better and it didn't have as much static if the lights were out in the room where I was listening to it. Only my dial lights are on, see, which meant I could look out of the window when I'm listening to something, see, so I could go out and I look out. And I'd see this guy walk down the street. I'd say, oh, there goes BG, see, and he's with this chick and I'm listening to what they're saying. And all the way down the street, I came for a block and a half and I'm cranking the green frantically and I'm looking out and I'm zeroing in. Well, this rotten little son of a gun does this for about four or five nights until the night. I will never forget it. Do not ever tell this to anybody, especially if if you ever happen to run into my old lady. Do not mention this to her. About 11 o'clock at night, and I have everything bugged. I have a couple of mics in the back alley where the garages were. Because you got great stuff there. I had, yes, I had, <laughs> I yeah, oh, I was a pretty snotty kid. I, I knew, uh, you know, I, I've been around the world a little bit there. So I'm, I'm, I'm laying these mics all up and down. And one night, my mother and father go to the show. 
They're gone. My kid brother has now sacked out. It's about 9 o'clock. He's, he's corked off. He's in the next room. He's asleep. And I'm sitting there sweating. It's a good night, you know. I'm picking up all kinds of stuff. And I got the game going. And it's, you know, it's a pretty good night. And I'm, I'm becoming now an aficionado of uh, innuendo. Uh, an obscenity. I, I, you know, some stuff that, that used to knock me out. I don't know. Oh, you know, come on, let's get out of the real stuff. You know, let's go. And I'm <laughs> by that time, you know, I'm really good. Well, about eleven thirty, and I was supposed to have been in bed by eleven. Uh, about eleven thirty, <gasps> I hear coming up the driveway the car, and it roars into the mics. You know, I hear the the, the gravel, and I hear the sound of the Graham Page. I hear the tappets going. I hear everything. I hear the doors slamming. And all of a sudden, I heard a comment that went back and forth between my mother and father. Well, I can't even say, I, I couldn't possibly tell you. It was just incredible. You never think of your mother and father in those terms. You just don't. You know, you just, it just, I, I might as well tell you right now, you don't. There's not one of you that do out there. You don't want to face it if you do. You don't. Well, I am sitting there, and my father says something to my mother. My mother says something to my father. My cans suddenly weigh 45 pounds because my blood has gone up like 19 points. <laughs> my eyeballs are popping. <laughs> oh, it's a terrible thing. And I hear them coming up the back steps. They have gotten out of the... They're coming up the back steps. I turn off my equipment. I'm sitting there in the dark. Oh, what I heard... Boy, I'm sitting there in the dark, and my mother comes in. Now Now my mother is a mother again, see? She comes in through the kitchen, and she says, Jeannie, are you in bed? And I don't say anything. I'm sitting there in the dark. And she walks in through the living room. She says, what are you doing sitting in the dark? What's the matter? Don't you feel well or what? What's the matter? Because my equipment was out. See, she's, all the dialites are off. Usually I'm sitting with the cans on. She knew what I was doing. Here I'm just sitting on the Cretan day bed, staring off into the dark, my eyeballs popping, sweating, the yeast pounding through my veins. Oh, boy, you talk about Oedipus, all of it. You know, it's, oh, I, I, you know, what can you say to your mother? It's my mother. You know, she says, well, what's the matter? Aren't you feeling well? And then my father comes in, and he walks in. He says, hey, what's, what's the matter, kid? He says, what's up? What's wrong with him? What? what, what and he looks at me and he says, what, what have you been doing? You, have you been eating ice cream or what? Did you, get at the, did you get at the ice cream or something? He says, what? And I'm just sitting there and I says, I'm okay. I'm all right. And my mother says, well, now you come on. You go to bed now. Come on. You're, you're all right. I don't, I don't know what's the matter. She looks at my father. She says, he, he's, he's been acting funny like this lately. I, don't, I just don't know what's the matter with him. I, I, I don't know. Well, you know, he's at that age. Well, she says, come on. Come on, come on to bed now. Let's go. And she picks me up, you know, kind of grabs my shoulder. She says, come on now, March. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Into bed. You'll be all right in the morning. Now, you just take it easy. And, and she says, you know, and I hear her talking to my father as they're going. She says, you know, I think he spends too much time with that radio junk. Why doesn't he get out like the other kids and start playing ball, you know? He should be out playing ball. Let's... And, and the old man says, now, look, he loves the radio stuff. I get a kick out of it. Let him play with the radio stuff. He's like everything. He's probably eating something wrong. And I'm still, oh, boy, you know, and, and these are my mother and my father talking, and I can keep hearing them what they said, you know. And, and she's taking me into the bedroom. She says, no, I, I think she takes, she turns around and looks at my father. She says, no, I think we ought to just tell him he can only play with the radio stuff one hour a night. I just think he's playing with it too much. Now, here, you just, you just take it easy now, and you go to sleep now, and it'll be all right in the morning. And she bends over, and, you know, and I was a little big for this kind of stuff by this point, you know, and she kisses me on the forehead. She says, now, you just go to sleep, and if you want any milk or anything, you just tell me, and I'll bring it to you. 
and I'm laying there sacked out and she turns out the light and she goes into the next room and my kid brother's across the room in the next sack and I'm laying there I'm laying there in the dark and I'm staring up at that ceiling that black ceiling and I keep hearing over and over again what they've said and I hear my mother and father talking about little things like ordering milk from the milkman you know three o'clock in the morning I'm still staring up there into the darkness W.O.R. Radio, your station for news. This is W.O.R.A.M. and F.M., your RKO general station in New York.